going to finish up the I am's. I had planned on doing that last week, but it got moved to today. Um, We are going to be looking at the I am that Jesus gave to his disciples just before, well, actually it was during, it was after the Lord's Supper. It was before they ate. Um, So it was the very last time that he really shared with them who he was. Remember, these are his last words to them. They carry great weight and importance to them. And so I hope you'll take them to heart. I wanted to real quickly run through the previous IMs and what they tell us about Jesus Christ. The first one we looked at was the great I am when God introduced himself to Moses saying, I have always been, I always am, and I always will be. And that's all you need to know. Um, God spoke of his great power and his eternal presence. Well, the first I am that Jesus gave us of his character was I am the bread of life. When he was telling us that I will meet all of your needs, both physically and spiritually, you need to trust me, depend on me. The second one was I am the light of the world, where he told the disciples that this world is a very dark and scary place, but do not be afraid, for I am the light shining in that darkness. And you can always look to me for protection and guidance. The third I am was I am the resurrection. When he shared with them that he was the giver of eternal life, both now in the here and now, as well as in eternity to come. That if they would believe in him and follow him, They could enjoy the resurrection right now and forever. The next one was, I am the gate, where he told them that I'm like the shepherd that lays down in front of that sheepfold and lets no one come near his sheep to hurt them. And that's what I do for you. I lay down in front of you and I let no one come to hurt you. You are always in my protection. And in that same discussion, he said, I am like the good shepherd. I know who you are. I know who truly belongs to me. And I will lead you. I will provide for you. I will protect you. I will take care of you. So he's reemphasizing that trust me like the sheep trust the shepherd. And then he said the last one that we talked about was I am the way, where he shared with his disciples that he was the only way to see God the Father and to make it to heaven, that whoever saw him and believed in him had seen the Father, because they were always asking him, show us God, show us God. He's good, you've already seen him, because I am the way. 
And so these were all spoken pretty much in the last half of his ministry. They were spoken only to the disciples. They were not given out to the general crowds. They were only spoken when he was in private with his disciples. Um, So they were meant for their ears only. It was important to him that his disciples know who he was and believe who he was so they would be empowered to go out and carry on his mission. Well, today, as I said, we're going to be talking about the last I am that he gave them, and this is I am the vine. And he gave this after they had had the Last Supper, after they had partaken of what we call communion, where he had said that the bread was his body, broken for them, and the wine was his blood shed for them. And then he tells them, I'm like the vine that these grapes grew on. Now, this was something that they could relate to, because all over the Holy Land, they grow grapes. It happens to be a very good place to grow grapes. And so everyone knew what a grapevine looked like. Everyone knew what was involved in taking care of grapevines. So this was something they could really relate to. And for those of you who are not familiar with taking care of plants of any kind, um, plants take a lot of care if you want them to produce for you. You can just throw the seed in the ground and let them do their thing, but they won't produce very well. You have to nurture them and take care of them. And... That involves a lot of work on the gardener's part. The gardener has to see that they have water and food, that they have to have the right growing environment, they have to be spaced, just the right space between each other so they get enough air circulation. Um, When branches die, they have to be cut off so they don't sap the vitality of the whole plant. If they are growing out of shape, or they become diseased, they have to be pruned off so that they will produce as much fruit as possible. And so he applies these principles of growing grapes to our relationship with him and with God the Father. So he, in this, he tells them this parable. This is one of his parables. And he tells them right out what the players, who the players are. Remember our talk of parables. We always identified who the players were in the story. Well, he tells us right out, God is the gardener. God, your father, is the gardener that nurtures and takes care of the vines. Quite often, um, in those days especially, the gardener and the owner were one and the same. Okay, the owner was out there taking care of the vines right along with the workers. And so he's telling us, you know, God is your owner, and he's the one that takes care of you. He's the one that nurtures you. And then he goes on to tell them, I am the vine. Now, on any plant, but especially on things like grapes and berries of any kind, they grow on a long vine-like plant, that this is always the most sturdy part of the plant. It's the strongest part. It's what holds on to all the branches. It keeps it all together. It's the source of the nutrients and the water 
that those branches need. And without the vine, the branches will die. And so he tells them, I'm your vine. I'm your source of food and living water. I'm your source of strength to hold on. I'm what keeps you growing. And then he talks about how the branches grow from him. And the branches refer to all believers. We are branches, a part of Jesus Christ. Okay? We come from the Lord. He is our source. But we draw our very sustenance from him as well. We get our, our spiritual food. We get our eternal living water. We get our ability to make fruit. Everything comes from him. So he's telling his disciples, don't depend on yourselves to go off and do what I'm asking you to do. Depend on me. Okay? Because I'm your source. And without me, you can do nothing. And he actually says that. So we look at this and we say, what is, you know, what is Jesus really trying to tell them? So I'm going to read to you the scripture, which comes from the Gospel of John. And it comes from chapter 15. It's part of those magic three chapters I told you were the summary of Jesus' message to the disciples. Um, it comes right in the middle of that. And I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 8 in chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. For I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them will bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. So he's saying this over and over and over again. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. The word of the Lord. So you can see the importance he places on this, this thought. That I am your source. I am your strength. I am your life. And if you try to separate from me, just like if the branch breaks off, of the vine, 
you're going to die. You aren't going to make it. And you won't be able to do what I am calling you to do. Now, we look at this in the context of the fact that he is telling them now that he is going to be leaving them there to carry on his mission and to carry his gospel to the nations. So he's asking a big thing of them now. So he's really pounding that in. I will help you do it. I've asked a lot of things of you during my ministry. I've commanded a lot of things of you. You can do it as long as you stay with me, as long as you depend on me. Now, that's the whole thrust of this little eight verses in John and the I am the vine. Um, it sounds really kind of almost trite. Yeah, we need to follow Jesus. We need to live in Jesus. But that's much harder than it sounds. It's not always easy to, to keep his words in us, to do what he commands us to do. It's not easy to love someone who has insulted us or taken from us or hurt us. And we often don't do it. Even though we know we should. Up here we know we should, but down here we don't do it. We don't always abide in Jesus Christ. And he really wants his disciples to get that through their thick heads. you got to depend on me. You can't do it on your own strength and your own abilities. As Christians, a lot of people think, I'm going to be a really good Christian, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I'm supposed to do, and I'm going to live a good life, and I'm going to make it to heaven. And they place it all on their ability to do the right thing. It's just like the um, Jews at that time. They believed that they could be saved from destruction if they did the right things. That's what the Pharisees had taught them. If you live a good enough life, God will forgive you. But if you don't, too bad. Okay, the emphasis was on you, 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 or me, 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 what I can do. And that's what Jesus is trying to pound out of them right now. It's not the I. You have to let the I die. You've got to leave it up to the Lord. You've got to depend on the Lord to help you live the life he calls you to live. Otherwise, you can't make it. And furthermore, to do that, you have to know who he is. And that's why we spent this time studying the I Am's, where he, and he has been spending time with his disciples telling them just who he is. If you don't know him, and you don't know who he really is, you can't draw strength from him. If you don't know that he is going to provide for all of your needs, you're not going to trust him to help you out. If you don't know that he's going to shine for you in the darkness, you can't make it through the darkness. Okay? As I was laying in the hospital this past week, I thought of this because 
I was, when I went in, I was paralyzed on the left side. I could not speak. I could not see out of my left eye. And I thought, Lord, I am so thankful that I know you're here with me, that I can trust you to see me through this. And God is good. He saw me through it, and he restored me. But had I not had that assurance, if I had not known that he was there with me and that he was protecting me and caring for me, it would have been a very dark time, and it would have been very hard to get through. Okay, so it's one of the things Jesus is saying. Realize this. Really know this in your heart. Really believe this. Really accept this. So we've got to know Jesus, and we've got to stay with him. We can't just say, you know, I believe in Jesus, and I believe the things he taught are good things, and I should live a good life, and then go off and do our own thing. We can't do that. We can't live in the world and live in Jesus, too. You've got to pick one way or the other. It's just like the vine saying, the branch saying, Hey, vine, I know that you gave life to me, but I'm going to go off and grow grapes by myself. And cuts, breaks itself off. And it dies. And that's what will happen to us. Okay? So... Jesus is really stressing to them the importance of staying in relationship with him. Not just knowing who he is and knowing what he has done for them, but staying in relationship with him. Spending time with him. Giving him our allegiance. Staying with him. And we know the disciples didn't do a real good job of that. Not very long after this, when he was captured, they all scattered. Nobody really stayed with him till the very end. And we tend to do the same thing. We're like Peter. Somebody says, you were with him. If it's not convenient for us, it's easier to say, oh, no, no, no. No, 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 I don't believe that. Okay, Jesus is warning them, this is going to happen. You better stay with me so it doesn't happen. Okay, so you don't fall away. Well, the uncomfortable part about this passage is, he says, you know, the branches that don't produce any fruit, the gardener whacks them off, throws them away and burns them. Now, like I said, if you've done any gardening at all, you know you have to prune your plants. Um, The dead wood has got to come off. It saps this energy, the food and the nutrients from the living branches, and it's got to go. You can't just leave them cut off and laying by the side of the plant because they will breed disease which will contaminate the good plant, and soon the whole plant is ruined. Okay? So they have to be burned. They have to be destroyed to kill all disease and to protect what is left of the vine. And God is saying that if we don't produce fruit for him, that's what's going to happen to us. 
If we let our relationship with him die and we become just empty shells going through the motions, doing church on Sundays because it's the right thing to do, that we're going to die spiritually. It's just a fact of life. And once we are totally dead spiritually, he's going to cut us off. Really, ouchy saying. We don't like to think of God cutting people off. But Jesus is very clear about it. You are expected to be productive. You are expected to live. You're to be healthy. You're to produce fruit. You're to do good works. You're supposed to bring glory to the Father. Don't bring shame to him. Don't water down his name to where it means nothing at all. You have a responsibility. And if you don't live up to it, he doesn't want you in his vineyard. So this is rather harsh to us, especially in today's world where we don't like to think of God as being punishing and judgmental. But Jesus was very clear that he does punish And it's not so much that God says, well, you didn't produce fruit, so I'm going to zap you and throw you out. No, he says, you die. You become worthless. And not only that, you start sapping the energy from those people who believe in me or who might come to believe in me. If unbelievers see you living this dead, empty life, they're sure as heck not going to say, I want to be a Christian. You're going to stand in their way, and you've got to go. So Jesus is is being pretty harsh with the disciples, but again, these are his final words, and he wants to pound this home to them. You have a mission, and you have to carry it out. It's up to you. I have given you everything that you need, He tells them, you are already clean through the words that I have spoken to you. I have told you everything you need to live the life I'm calling you to live. You have all that you need. You have me to strengthen and nourish you. You have the wisdom that I have shared with you. He goes on in chapter 15 to tell them about how he doesn't call them servants, because he has revealed to them the plan of the Father in heaven. He says, you got what you need. All you got to do is participate. Be responsible. Follow me. Stay with me. And he's almost pleading with them at this point, because he knows what's going to happen. Just like it happens with all of us. It's very easy to become complacent in our faith. And, I mean, I know a lot of people who say, yeah, yeah, I'm a Christian. But you couldn't tell it from their lives. You know, there's nothing about them that shouts, I'm a Christian. Um, They don't go out of their way to help other people. Or they don't participate in church. No, I don't need to go to church. There's, there's no reason to go to church. I, I believe in Jesus. Well, that's not what Jesus said. He says you need to keep doing these things if you want to stay alive. 
It's not that easy, folks. So this is a really hard saying. It's one of the hard sayings of Jesus, this final I am. It's a very hard saying. Not only is he telling them, you know, I love you. He goes on in chapter 15 over and over and over again to say, I have loved you as the Father loves you. I have loved you. No greater love than this has one than they give their life for their friends. I mean, he pounds this into them. You know, I'm not doing this to be mean to you. I'm not doing this to punish you. I'm not doing this to make your lives hard. I'm doing this because I love you and I want you to be alive. I want you to really live. I want you to stay with me. I want you with me because you're my friends. So even though it seems harsh to us, he's pleading with us out of love. He is saying, you know, I want you to be with me. I want you to choose to be with me. I'm not going to make you be with me. If you go off and make your decision to do other things, I'm not going to stop you. Because he does not force his will upon us. He asks us to choose. So, the parable really is a call to the disciples and to us as believers to remain in Jesus, to stay in him, to love him, to trust him, depend on him, but stay there. Don't become complacent. And just think it's going to happen on its own. You have to participate. You have to choose. And how do we do that? Well, we spend time with him. We spend time in prayer. We spend time in meditation. We obey his commands. We do what he told us to do. And he only gave them one command, which he gives also in this chapter 15. Love others as I have loved you. That is the sum of the law and the prophets. That's all I ask. So we need to do that. We need to submit to his pruning. When he says to us, you know, that part of your life has got to go, we have to be willing to let him cut it out. If he tells us that, you know, we need to spend more time in prayer, we need to make an effort to spend more time in prayer. And you'll get these nagging little feelings. The Spirit has a way of doing that. The Spirit will nag you about things. It's a terrible nag. Um, But he will keep reminding you, you know, this is what you need to be doing. Or this is what you need to not be doing. And we have to submit to those urgings. We have to let God prune us so that we can be fruitful. To have him remove from our lives anything that stands in the way between us and him. And there are people that don't. People that are very self-willed will often say, I'm not going to do that. I don't have time to spend more time in prayer. 
I say my prayer before meals, and I say my prayer at bedtime, and that's all the time I've got. I'm a busy person. And Jesus may say, not that busy. And they won't listen. Okay, so we need to be open to that. And finally, this is a call to be fruitful. Jesus says, if you really love me and you are living in me, you will naturally want to bring glory to God. You will just naturally want to do those things that are pleasing to him. You will want to help that neighbor down the street that is really struggling and needs your help. It won't be a burden. You'll want to do it. Now, I had a very nice compliment paid to me this last week. A person told me she's leaving Merrill Gardens to go to another place. And she said, I want to thank you for being so kind to me while I was here. And I said, oh, I didn't do anything. You know, I didn't. I didn't really do anything for her that I didn't do for anybody else. And she says, no, you'd be surprised how many people are not kind. And she said, you were kind to me because that's who you are. She saw the Jesus in me. And to me, that was a great compliment. That was a great compliment. And that can happen to you, too. It will become a part of who you are. You won't even think about it. It will just come. So, with the conclusion of this study of the I Am's, I hope that you will go forth with a better understanding of who Jesus was when he was on this earth and who he is now, that you will have a better understanding of the relationship that you can have with him if you participate and submit and trust. Um, I hope that you will trust him to continue to equip you to do what it is he calls you to do. No one knows what he's going to call you to do. I have no idea. I don't even know what he's calling me to do. Um, But... You know, as he makes it known to you, submit, trust, go forward. I hope you'll be able to do that. And I hope that you will all go out and be fruitful and multiply his word. Amen.